Fifth Sunday, here we go. Uh, the title of today's message, as you can see, is Troubled. Um, before I get going, I don't think I'm alone. Does anybody still have some tryptophan in their bloodstream flowing? Tryptophan, that, that lovely uh, stuff that comes from turkey and poultry. All right. It's not just me. All right. Anyways, we're going to get right into this. Let's pray. We'll get right into the word. Father, thank you so much for today. And we, we give you place. Lord Jesus, we choose to magnify you today. Lord, I just pray that we would all have ears to hear today, hearts to receive truth, and that we would leave out of here encouraged, knowing that you hold our future, Lord. Thank you for your love. We receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to get right into the word. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of, most of our time in Matthew 6, um, the end of that, uh, that chapter. So let's just get right into this. We're going to cover a lot of ground, so listen fast. All right? All right, Matthew 6, 25 through 27 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Continuing in verse 28, says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And finally, verses 31 through 34, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, worry, if you didn't notice, it was mentioned six times in these verses that we just read. These, these uh, verses 25 through 34. Worry was mentioned six times and never in a positive light. It was preceded a few times by do not. We all know that. The Greek word for worry, actually this Greek word means to divide into parts. The word suggests a distraction or a preoccupation with things causing anxiety, stress, or pressure. None of those things are good. A distraction. Jesus speaks against worry, knowing how much our Heavenly Father cares for us. 
and is mindful of all of our needs. Are we all familiar with these passages of scripture I just read? I'm sure we are. So we're going to get into this just a little bit. We're going to look at three different ways, um, things that worry is reflected in these scriptures. So worry is unnecessary. Do you think, does anybody, I've heard it said before by some people, somebody's got to worry. Right? I've, I've heard people say that before. I know you wouldn't, Bob. You're not, you're not that ridiculous. All right. So verse 26 says, our heavenly father feeds the birds and asks us the rhetorical question. Are you not more value than they? Obviously. We don't even think about birds, probably. But God does. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. Are we not more valuable than they? Verses 28 and 30, our heavenly father clothes the lilies of the field that were dressed better than Solomon. How, do you, how many knows that Solomon was pretty rich? I don't think anybody's topped him yet. And again, ask a rhetorical question. Will he not much more clothe you? And I would venture to say that most of us don't even pay attention to most of the flowers that are so beautiful. I remember Pastor Chad reminded us of uh, something I think I heard from Andrew Womack first. was, uh, I don't know, somewhere on these remote mountains, there was these flowers that only came up whatever. And I don't know if he, he posed the question to the Lord or what, but like, why would you do this? Nobody even probably sees these most of the time. They bloom for one day. Isn't that amazing that God would do that? Beautiful flowers that maybe no eyes on this earth would see and only he would see them. Maybe a few animals. I don't know. Interesting. Let's see what else worry is. Worry is unfruitful. Worrying is unfruitful. Verse 27, 27, we're reminded that worrying can't even add a few inches to our height. And another translation mentions uh, we can't even add an hour to our lifespan by worrying. And I would venture to say that we would probably remove some time if we're given to worry. I would bet that that's, that's the case. And lastly, worry reflected in these scriptures is unbecoming. Unbecoming to a child of God. Uh, verse 31, 32 says, those without God, do you know that that's what Gentiles in scripture, what those without God, we're not without God. Those without God seek after what they will eat, drink, and wear. And God already knows that we need these things. And he's calling us to seek first those things of eternal value. Seek first his kingdom, we're instructed, in his righteousness. And as we do, these other things will be added to us. In Philippians, a common scripture we hear, this is one of my faves, but uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 kind of echoes the same sentiment. It says, don't worry about anything. That covers everything, in case you're wondering. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank for all he has done. I heard somebody say once not long ago that the more you're thankful for, the more you'll have to be thankful for. So if 
If you don't practice having an attitude of gratitude, maybe do that, and then you'll find that you'll have more things to be grateful for. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And it goes on. I didn't uh, have this for showing you, but in verse 8, it instructs us what to think on. It says to fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure and lovely and admirable. And think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I'm going to get into this. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But how many realize what a competition there is right now for our attention? I mean, it is vicious. And I had the last, I took the last week off of work. Unfortunately, I had about three or four dreams about work. That's horrible. Anyways, um, but I took the last few, few, few days, you know, a week off. And um, I actually really, really, not intentionally, but really unplugged from the constant flow of, I'll put this, of real news, um, not fake news, but real news. Um, a lot of it's good news, but I, I just kind of pulled the plug on that and really dove into some books that I was reading, and I polished off a 500-page book in a couple of days. That was crazy. But yeah, get with me later if you want to know. But um, but yeah, but just really unplugged, and I, I kind of looked back and think, I almost felt guilty as I was sitting there for the majority of Monday and Tuesday not doing anything but reading. I'm like, I, should I feel guilty right now for this? And uh, I talked to my brother over, over the holiday weekend, and he said, I've, I've had those same feelings that maybe just, I don't know if that's just a thing built into men or if it's everybody. I don't know. It's just like if you sit down for a few minutes, you feel like I should be doing something. But uh, I, was, I was doing something. I was investing in me. So, but uh, anyways. So I don't know where I was going with all that, uh, but uh, we'll get back to this. So we're going to return to Matthew 6.34, the last verse in this chapter, and uh, where the, the New King James Version reads, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. That's what I was talking about, where we're so bombarded with distraction and a competition for our attention. Um, Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we're going to look at four different translations that kind of, it helps us to kind of digest this a little bit better, I think. Um, I enjoyed these, and the last one's really a, a great, uh, a great, it's the, uh, it's the message. Well, let's get into that, and we're going to read again Matthew 6, 34, uh, and see what the different translations have to say. This is out of the Living Bible. It says, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. Does anybody have problems doing that? Living one day at a time? And the next translation is the New Living Translation. It says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And the voice, this is not a, a compilation of all the 
minds on that TV show, The Voice. This is different. Um, do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. That's, that, that's one of my faves right there. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. That's, that's something we need to sit and ponder on. And this, this last one, this is a great one out of the message. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Uh, how often do we want to get ahead of the game and not just live in the right now? And I, I mean, just in preparing this message and, and, and studying and reading, um, I had to really, I mean, again, God's usually dealing with me and then you get to hear about it. But apply this truth to not worry about tomorrow. I mentioned jokingly, I mean, I wouldn't have chosen to dream about work, but I, worried, I dreamed three or four times about work. Nothing had to do with actual reality, but it's been a couple of weeks since I actually did my own work. So there's, an, there's a very big temptation to take on worry and to take on anxiety and to take on thoughts regarding that rather than just living in today. Uh, I picked up a new book after the one I, I finished earlier in the last week. And I, I literally, it was prior to getting this message ready, I was sitting on the couch, I picked up a new book, and uh, I started reading it. And I literally had to read, thank God the pages were short, the same page three times. Because my thoughts were going off onto work. Or whatever else, I, I think it was that. But whatever else was trying to grab my attention. And the, the page was actually full of great truths. But I was so annoyed with the fact that I kept drifting off. Does anybody else ever do that? Like you're trying to live outside of the moment. And that's, we're really allowing the thief to come in and steal. I mean, I could have just... Oh, skip it. I'm just going to go to the next page. And I would have lost the truths that I believe Holy Spirit was trying to put, pour into me at that moment. But the King James Version, going back to this, this verse in Matthew 6.34, the King James Version uses a different word for trouble. It says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The evil so instead of the word trouble, it uses the word evil. And that perked up my attention. So I looked up that Greek word because, I mean, you, we all kind of know what evil means. It could mean lots of things, but I want to know what it means. So I looked up in the Strong's. Um, I didn't write down the word because I probably couldn't pronounce it anyway. Um, but the Greek word for evil uh, involves some of the descriptive uh, words are depravity, which means a corrupt act or practice or perverted. You know what perversion is? It's the wrong version. Perversion. I stole that from uh, Chris uh, Valentin. Malignity, 
I don't even think I've ever said that word before I looked this up. Malignity, that means having intense ill will, spite, or hatred. Has anybody seen that lately anywhere in our culture? Productive of harm. Naughtiness. Naughtiness. Sam, you're familiar with that word, right? Uh, wickedness. Just kidding. Wickedness. So this word evil means this. Having it, really, I really paused for a minute on this malignity. Having intense ill will. Spite or hatred. And we've seen what that currently is driven people to do in the nation lately, right? Everywhere we look, trouble slash evil is manifesting. And it's, like I said, it's competing for our attention. And uh, unless you choose to, to shut it down. And I don't know about you, but I could, I was... Flowing pretty good with uh, every, well, it was a nonstop flow. <laughs> it was like a river of information uh, uh, for days on end. And uh, especially the further away from, uh, I don't want to really talk about it, but, you know, November 3rd we got. Uh, and, and, you know, just the information that was available and how people were, uh, a few of my friends were sending me uh, links to sites and new updates and new things. And it's like, <laughs> you could go on forever, you know? And I'm not saying I don't like that, but there's a moment where you have to like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> there's a <lot> of <laughs> yeah, there's a battle. And that's why this, this, Verse this Matthew six thirty four really really jumped out at me when I read through it, and the whole thing that led me into this chapter was I was listening to somebody else preach, and the word trouble just jumped out at me, and usually that's how it works. Is God will just like highlight a word right in the middle of somebody talking, and it's like I'll just start thinking about it, and and it led me here, but. Um, Taking on worries and distractions mentally about what tomorrow is going to hold. Not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold. And I'm like, man, I got to chill. And I don't, I don't think I'm alone. But I need some encouragement. I think we all need some encouragement. Yes? You want to get some? Let's get some. Let's get some encouragement. All right, here we go. Got a few verses. This is my prayer. I prayed, believe you receive. I prayed that your hearts will be encouraged this morning. Okay? Receive it, okay? Because these verses encourage me. Now you might, I'm not being, I don't even know what word I would use here. So you'll get it when I get to the end. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous. Who's the righteous? We're the righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, the Bible says. Because Jesus is my Lord. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Amen. 
He is our deliverer from troubles. Proverbs 11, 8. The righteous, that's me, that's us, is delivered from trouble. It comes to the wicked instead. No laughing. Come on. It comes to the wicked instead. You know, as I was reading these two first verses, it's easy to forget that we were delivered from the ultimate trouble. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. How much greater of deliverance can we get? Eternal damnation. We were delivered from the hands of the enemy by Jesus when we responded to his offering of salvation and his grace. Oh, that's good. We were delivered from the ultimate trouble. I'll drink to that. All right. So if at the very least, when the enemy is coming to compete for your attention and trying to get you to worry about tomorrow, not knowing what's going to happen or what's not going to happen or whatever, say, I've already had the greatest deliverance in my life. I'm a child of God. I, I, I'm seated in high and heavenly places. Holy Spirit indwells me. I am a mobile temple for God. That's good. Wherever we go. Proverbs 3, 25 through 26 says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. For the Lord will be your confidence. And that's what we're learning right now. As Pastor Chad's taken us into this, is about being confident in him courageous, bold. The righteous are bold as a lion, right? So let's look at this one final scripture. This is going way faster than I thought it would. I thought, man, we're in trouble. I've had four, I've had four slides at times. It's taken me 45 minutes. I've had, guess how many I've had today? 19. Just goes to show you. Things aren't always as they seem. All right. So we're going to look at this one final scripture. And this is very applicable to right now. Very applicable. But again, a, a take, the takeaway I want everybody to take away is we have no reason to worry about tomorrow. We have no reason to worry about the unknown I just know that I know the Holy Spirit's going to lead me into all truth, no matter what. He's my helper. He's my comforter. He's my teacher. He's going to teach me how to not worry about tomorrow, if that's an issue, and uh, if that applies to you. So let's go on in this, in closing, this verse, Psalm seven fourteen through seventeen. I believe this is. Out of the Passion Translation, one of my favorites. So it says, look how the wicked conceive their evil schemes. They go into labor with their lies and give birth to trouble. They dig a pit for others to fall into. Not knowing that they will be the very ones who will fall into their own pit of failure. 
For you, God, will see to it that every pit digger who works to trap and harm others will be trapped and harmed by his own treachery. But I will give all my thanks to you, Lord, for you make everything right in the end. I will sing my highest praise to the God of the highest place. Jesus is Lord over this nation. It's going to be right. And I will not stop praising him in the face of the unknown. And we have to individually and our families, we have to refuse that competition of the enemy that tries to, he, he tries to bring you into the competition. But like we watched that video prior to this, where that man learned to just rest. And we need to learn to just rest and knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? The best is yet to come, right? The best is yet to come. I told Pastor, I'm going to beat this quote to pieces. I'm going to use it every chance I get. But it's the truth. The best is yet to come. We don't need to fear tomorrow, church. We know the one who holds tomorrow. And the good news is he holds you. He holds me. And he's not going to let go. Do you believe it? Refuse to worry about tomorrow. Refuse to allow the enemy to draw you into that deceptive game of competing for your attention. Maybe, not maybe. Let me give you some advice. Just when you find yourself in that place, just stop and begin to worship. Whatever that can look like. It can look like a lot of different things. That can look, you don't even have to open your mouth. You just close your eyes and meditate on his goodness and his grace. Maybe where he's brought you from is a dark, dark place. Again, going back to that video, that, that man, he was in a dark, dark place. But we all have our place that we were brought from, and, we're, and God is not finished with us. Our tomorrow, my tomorrow is bright. My tomorrow, your tomorrow is bright. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. And no matter what things feel like right now or seem like right now or whatever, we have a lot to praise God for. Amen? Amen. Amen. So do you want to, can we praise God some more? All right, let me close in prayer. We're just going to enter in and, and praise him and magnify Jesus together. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, together we just, we refuse the enemy's schemes trying to pull us into worry, try to pull us into living ahead of where we are, living in tomorrow. 
Lord, we thank you for your, your grace to live victoriously today and every day. I pray, Father, that you would just encourage the hearts of those who need encouragement. Maybe this, well, I know this year's been pretty rough in a lot of ways. But Holy Spirit, awaken us to the beautiful truth that the best is truly yet to come. Our God is for us. And since our God is for us, who can be against us? And the promise, his promise, that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Maybe, may we receive deeper revelation of that by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us into this truth. Lead us in to that truth that supersedes, that far surpasses any circumstance, any evil foreboding. Thank you. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for the greatest deliverance we're ever going to know. The deliverance from the enemy's hand into the kingdom of the Most High God, where we will rule and reign for all of eternity with our Lord and Savior. Be glorified, Lord, in this place today. Be glorified. We choose to magnify you now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.